Hello everyone, welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. Hey, hit that subscribe button now. You're going to like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. My next guest would be... How would I put this? I would be his Robin. He would be my Batman. He would be my Ebony. I would be his Ivory. Did I say Superman already? Superman doesn't have a sidekick. If he did, I would be your sidekick. Coleman Proctor. Hey, what a compliment. Yeah. Because I always thought I backed you up. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, I always got that haze for you. Well, you do get the haze, but for all those folks that are kind of like, why why is Luke his Tonto to, you know, his whatever... Because the Purina pre-show at the national finals, we do out in front. Well, first we did it out in front of um, that stadium in Arlington. Globe Life. Globe Life. And then Thomas and Mac. And we are host of the Purina pre-game show. I really don't have to carry much weight. You carry it all. You team me up. I make fun of you. Then maybe I have one of the guests make fun of you. And then I sit back and watch and you carry it again. But it is it honestly is a fun time. It is a great time. You know, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I think it's given us a great opportunity to give big insight, you know, to all the contestants there that week and uh, and all the Purina ambassadors. And I think it's awesome any time that we get to, to share those little nuggets of wisdom that you have. And you do make fun of me a lot, but I got big shoulders, baby. I can take it. You know what I'm saying? Athlete. 100% athlete. And you are drawed down, man. What have you been doing? We've been on keto? You've been no. crossfitting? No. Uh, so started cleanse in January. Uh, Paige Champion, our, you know, our friend Paige in Richmond, mm-hmm. um, she did a cleanse. My wife got me on it. Lemon water every morning. Um, and really what it did was it helped me cut down on my insulin usage being a type 1 diabetic. Uh, actually, great sponsor right there. Sponsor plug. That'd be a perfect spot to put an insulin commercial, Coleman, right there. But anyway. So uh, man, I just kind of been cutting down on my eating. I bet I dropped uh, half of the insulin I used to use. And for diabetics, the more insulin you use, the more fat your body stores. And me, storing less fat now. Man, you look great. Thanks. Like, you're ready to, I mean, it's time, man. You going to start healing now? Or what's our Oh, he, I thought you were going to say start steer wrestling again. Yes. I just need to find time, money, a horse, and a partner. Man, there's a lot of that going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Team Open World's rough, man. Actually, it's a great time to be a header. You know, it feels like the header pool has shrank a little bit, and there's a lot of great healers looking for runs. So, Well, for me, too, it's a guarantee to throw my rope. Not always a great thing, because when you're a header and you mess up, like, people know what you would have done in that scenario. When you're a healer and you're high call, and you don't get the chance to throw your rope, you're like, I had him. I had him all day long. I wasn't going to miss that one. Fun fact about me and team roping. I won the high school California high school state finals with Justin Arnold, who had made the national finals in the bronc riding, and we were competing against people by the name of like Caleb Twistleman. Um, you know, you guys have made the national finals before. We were the state champions. Go on. I know you're not surprised, but a lot of the listeners maybe. Well, that you know, every time you know we're on the stage, you give me great advice, and I tend to win after we have a good long talk about it. So I knew that came from somewhere. I knew you had it on your resume that you were a champion team roper at one time. But what else has been going on? I've seen your carpool karaoke. I bet thought it was awesome. Man, car- carpool karaoke. Could you imagine if they had you and me in there? What would we sing? Well, first of all, I love the outfield. Uh, like, Josie's on a vacation. Oh, yeah. Away. Right? Because it gets the line where it's like, I like my girls a little bit older. And my wife's older than me. And 
I thought it was a sweet serenade, and it turns out my wife hates it when I sing that song, she, especially in public. She doesn't want you, everybody to know that she's older than you, or? You know, I was a karaoke My sisters and everybody sang pretty good. I did not, but I had a lot of courage, and I don't know if you know me very well or not. I'm pretty confident. Yes, and yes. So, like, I, I roll out there, and, you know, I was always a guy that started with some, you know, just that good Texas red dirt type stuff. You know what I mean? Anything cross-cutting ragweed, I would go and melt it. And then towards the end of the night, as maybe you get a little more encouragement, you know, from your friends, from the bartender, you know, I would end the night on journey. Oh yeah. It's always, it's always a telltale sign when the guy's like, all right, let's hear it for Coleman. <laughs> After you're done, it's just crickets. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I would always have to end with that one. What, Don't Stop Believing? I mean, come on, it's the only journey song you're really gonna belt at a, at a, at a, establishment at two in the morning you know what i mean well i know uh are you going down to corpus christi wcra are you going to go to any wcra deals man i i have not yet uh, i thought about it you know they've got an awesome steer open i think the wcra is really making some big strides it's awesome about the, the ifr like where i grew up you know the the ifr was the thing i mean the ipra radios they sent out the newsletter i mean all of it i grew up studying all these great you know ipra hands and and so I think it's great they're going to, you know, the IFR is going to be so much bigger next year. It's adding like 500000 I heard. And the WCRA is kind of linked in there. You can win some IRA points through the WCRA. So that kind of gives a little more um, a little more fire to it. But, you know, right now it's all about trying to get back in the top 15 in the world standings so that we can be out there roping and topping the national final. Well, yeah, I prefer it when you do that. That way, you know, we get done, you got to run, I got to run, everybody's got to run. But before, you used to host the after midnight, after hours, after, after dark. After dark, baby. Yes. I knew Arena after dark, we're going to feed greatness. Right. And that is where we get into, well, you, I don't say we because I'm not part of it, but you get into some of the in-depth, gushy, probably not PG-13 rated type stuff. Well, we keep it pretty clean for sure. Because that one thing I like, I like getting those guys on stage and, and getting the true, because it's like, you know how it is when you start an interview with anybody for about 10 minutes there, everybody's tight and they're really, you know what I mean? They're giving the by the book answers. On the Purina After Dark, it was just an opportunity that we kind of got everybody loosened up a little bit and the crowds would join in and be a little closer to go time. And uh, you, you could really dive into some stuff, you know, talking about changing diapers on your kid. I mean, just everyday struggles of a parent. You know, when's the last time you forgot to pick your kid up from the babysitter? Oops. That one time I left the grocery store without my wife. I mean, like things like that, that happen to everyday people and it happens to all of us. So it's fun to kind of get to see the human side of the great athletes that, that uh, we get to cover all the time. Well, and, and a huge, huge shout out to our friend, David Nelson, for having awesome. this all come to life for us. Did you ever see, did you really see that thing getting that big? Like I did. No. When he no. asked me about doing it. I just kind of thought, okay, you know, I got nothing else going on right now. My 10 days are pretty open. So uh, I thought, man, it'd be fun this year. And then I thought, kind of thought it would just fade away. And then uh, for it to kind of turn into the sensation it did. And I think there's some really cool things on the track for us. Uh, maybe getting into some more TV type stuff and coverage where people are able to watch it from a lot of different uh, platforms. I think that's going to be neat. Well, and I and I can remember uh, at the um, oh, trade show, the convention center, they had the big trailer there and we'd walk up the stairs and ladders, which I'm scared to death of heights. And we did some stuff there. Do you remember that at all? Where we would do little interviews and stuff up there and then it would go out. And, and I'm I'm with you. And when he called and said, hey, would, would you be interested in doing this with Coleman? And I'm like, well, it's Coleman, I guess. We, we had some history. 
but no, it, it's it's good history. We'll get into that in a second. Um, I never did expect, like you said, to get where it's at, and and now with um, you know Mike Drina and, and Sarah Swore kind of taken over since David you know changed positions. It's impressive, is what it is, how they've started to where they're at now. It is awesome, and that's one thing I was thinking the other day. You, know, you talk about our history a little bit, and I don't know if you'll remember this. I do. Uh, you've always been a huge influence to me, and I'll never forget. I was flying up; it was my second national finals. I was flying to Omaha, and we run into each other at the airport at DFW. And I was getting my haircut. I remember where this haircut place is in there, but <laughs> getting my haircut real fast. And man, I'd been struggling. Like it, it, you know, and it wasn't even like we were on the bubble. But my partner had me convinced that we're on the bubble. Like we're not making. We need it. to win. We're in a bind. We're fine. And I just, I'm telling you, I wasn't handling the pressure great. And and I saw you and I, and you know, of course this time you're on fire. And so I, I hit you up because you've always been a guy. One thing I love about Luke Branquino is you're so approachable. Like anybody can come talk to you. Anybody can get any kind of good advice from you. And uh, you don't even make fun of most of the people, just me. <laughs> and so I asked you, I said, man, Luke, how does a guy tap that in? Like, you know, why is it so hard right now and this and that? And I'll never forget what you told me. You're like, have you ever watched a movie for the love of the game? And I said, yeah. You go, so every time you walk in the box, you tell yourself, clear the mechanism. And then I went to cranking them back after that. And I think it's great because, you know, our history, my favorite story ever about us, and I, you may not remember this, 2010, I've just won the George Strait Open. We're in Guymon, Oklahoma. And we had gone, I have some dear friends that live there, Mike and, and Lori Shannon. And we'd gone to dinner and they get to talking about, you know, Jake and I had won the Strait and we got this truck and, you know, it had George's autograph on the dash and there was a waitress in there that they knew personally. And they're like, oh yeah, and she wants to take a picture with it. So she goes out, takes a picture of it, this and that. End of, end of the story, I go home, or go back to Mike's house, we all go to bed. The next day we go rolling up the slack, and maybe you guys had gone to breakfast or something, you run into said secretary, or uh, waitress, and you're like, hey, Coleman, uh, just a heads up, there's a lady talking about taking a picture inside your truck. I don't know if that's a big deal for you or not, but I'm just trying to give you the heads up of what's, what the word on the street is. <laughs> That can get a guy in trouble, even an innocent deal like that. I'm telling you. Just the rumors. And I did, may have may have not started a couple, but <laughs> but that's how thing that's how things go bad. Uh, I thought when you brought that up, you know, so one of our favorite stories was at Pocatello, and I don't remember yeah. what year it was. Two thousand was two thousand three. Five. Five. Two thousand five. I've never been skiing in my life. I was gonna say when you said your confidence level that may have been the only time in my of knowing Coleman Proctor where you didn't have that confidence. No, I was scared. I was scared to death. And, uh, you know, I, I've never been skiing. Like for me, growing up in Miami, Oklahoma, we didn't take like those family trips to the slopes. We didn't, you know, skiing for me was when you'd freshly mopped like the kitchen and it had <laughs> dried and you had on socks and you could run and you'd slide across <laughs> linoleum. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I thought skiing was. Like, I, I don't, I don't know why that was my, but anyway, I click into those. I'll never forget because you had gone through there, right? It was you, your wife, and then it's me, Justin Turner, Jennifer Turner, and like we're like a, a little family. And then you've got your little family, and we come walking out, and I got these two skis. And remember, it was icy. It and was the guy very said, icy. It's the worst time to try to learn how to ski, but I'm like, well, we're here, so let's party. And I clicked into them, and I didn't realize as soon as you click into skis, like the safety's off, like it's go time. Yeah. And so the first thing I do is start running backwards, sliding, and I bam, right into your wife. She's down, I'm down, and then you're just skiing around us backwards, just And I'm like, how is that big guy so much better at this than me? 
And so that, my favorite was, you know, the bunny slope had melted off. It was a mild spring or whatever they call it out there. So they take us, this guy, this guy that's going to teach us, he's like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just go over here. You know, he just points a spot. And I'm trying the pizza wedge. And then, you know, you got to imagine there's a bug in the front of your boot. And I'm like, why do we have ants in our pants? You know? So I got a knee for it. He's like, you know, pizza wedge it, push forward, this. And I got, you know, don't lose this $100 bill I'm putting right here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm trying to keep all these analogies straight. And he's in front of me, right? And he's got his hands up. And boy, we're just, we're starting to go. And I'm kind of getting it, I think. And then my skis run up on top of his. And Luke, I will never forget the Luke look on his face. He looks down at that. And he looks up at me and his eyes are this big around and I'm looking at him like, hey man, I don't know how to drive these things. This is on you, bud. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do now? Yeah, that was the first time I ever got to meet you. I ran into your wife. Not real. How is she, by the way? She recovered? She's doing okay? Well, I mean, she still has some scarring, mental mental scarring, you know, obviously. Um, it, it gets brought up in, in nightmares. I have to, you know, wake her up and see, make sure she's okay, just drenched in sweat, going, I remember when Coleman knocked me over. But anyway. And Jennifer was a great skier, and you and her would go ski and do all the fun stuff. And like me, your wife, and Justin, we were kind of all in the same. And so they had gone to the ski lift, and I had never. Nobody tells you any of this stuff. They're not like, here's how you get my ski lift. So I'm like, hey guys, wait on me. And I'm thinking I'm gonna ride the ski lift with them. And the guy's like, hold up here, and he puts his hand on my chest, and he's like, hold on right here for a sec. And I'm like, okay, about that time. Wow! The, the handle hits me on top of the head for like the chair, so it knocks me forward. Well, now it knocks me forward. It is whoop, scoops me up. And like back then, baby, I was a little more 220 athletic. You know what I mean? Not 240 like we are now. And so like it swings me down. Well, then, you know, I was also pretty, I've always been pretty flexible. I took ballet as a kid and my ski goes down this way and my other one's out this way. Well, then it unclicks my ski and I'm up in the air like eight or 10 feet. And I'm like, hey, I, I'm not good with two of them. Don't send me up here with one. You know what I mean? like, what? They stopped the entire ski lift. They're jumping up, trying to click my ski in. So finally I get that on and I'm riding. I'm like, hey, what if I just hang out in this chair all day? Like, this is fun. I'll make the circle. That's good with me. And they're like, no, you have to get off. And I'm trying to tell this person. I'm like, I don't want to get off here. And they're like, no, you're going to get off. And I'm like, I don't want to get off. They're like, remember, just stand up. I stand up. <laughs> right into the down again. Did you go down again? Every time. I made it down that. I made it down the slope one time without falling. Like the first time I'm rolling and I am zipping, baby. Like I am hauling it. I'm like, it's time to, it's time to fall. And they'd say, don't fall forward, right? Well, your natural reaction is to fall forward. So like I fall, I go forward. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to go that way. So I lean to the right. When I lean to the right, there's one of them big poles that holds up the ski lift. And I'm like, that isn't a good option either. So I lean back to the left. And now my legs plan out like this. And then I just. You like, look like goofy. He's flying, stuff's everywhere. And then I hear this chuckling up on top. And all the rodeo queens are in the lift above me, just <laughs> over top. And I'm like, I hate skiing. But speaking of riding the ski lift, if you do that all day long, you would get some great entertainment from guys, I mean, no offense, guys like you. I made it down one time and I hit the, you know, the border fence I had. I oh, yeah. hit that and it was stopped me and I unclicked my skis and said, there, it's done, I'm, I'm good. Did you go, you went back to the bar in the, it's not a clubhouse. What is it called? No, I, you know what, I don't even know what I did then. I, I just went to the truck, I think. I didn't even, <laughs> you know, and then I, when I met my wife, you know, their family skis a lot. And so the first time I ever get to go, I, I leave Fort Worth Rodeo and uh, fly to Denver, rent a car, drive out to Keystone to meet them. And this is kind of my first time like meeting all the family. Now remember, my only time to ski has been with you. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, the confidence level is pretty low. And uh, I get on, they actually have a bunny slope there and I do the bunny slope and it's kind of fun. There's like a little bitty trail, I do it. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. They're like, all right, now you're ready. Steph says, let's uh, let's do the big one. And so this is, 
school marm. That's his name, a big old green. I, I don't know why I remember all these. You have a great memory. Now. We're going to do this whole green, and it's huge. And then there's one little blue that you got to come down, and that goes right in front of our, like, our condo thing that we're staying in. And then we're supposed to call when we get to the top of that. Everybody's going to step out on the porch. You're going to take our picture. It's going to be this beautiful, you know. So the at the time, it's my wife, me. And we're not white. Like, we're just starting to date. And I'm still trying to make the impression. We start down and, and the, the oldest niece is with me. Like, Steph's like, just keep your eye on him. Like, she's going to be able to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, No, we'll just so, keep an eye in case you hit a tree. She can call. Yeah. Hey, the, he went out over there, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> So we, I'll never forget when we start off the top of this deal, like we, like, it's just, I don't know how to slow down. And so we're just like a bulldogger that doesn't get off his horse. You know what I mean? And you're getting close to the bucket shoot. Right. He's like, is he, where is he going? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I feel like is I just, and, and once again, here we go. I'm like, oh, it's time to abort mission. And I'm like, trees on the right. And there's, and you know, like I've never skied in a group of people. I've got these poor kids I'm trying not to kill as I'm zipping down through here. And I'm thinking that kid's wearing a helmet and here in a second, he's going to, that helmet's going to be wearing him for protection. You know what I'm saying? Like I am moving baby. And so finally I'm like, screw it. Time to blow. And I mean, I go down and when I hit, I'm sending poles and skis everywhere and I'm rolling right in front of the condo. The family's up there waving. <laughs> and I'm like, hey guys, I'm rolling. I'm a great skier. Have you gotten better? No, I've gone a couple of times. I hate it. I don't like going. I'm the guy that I will go. I'm gonna sit in the, in the in the by the fire, drink me some good community coffee, and oh, just yeah. enjoy everybody else's time. Cause I like visiting. I like all the good times with people. I like the family time. But I do want my kids to learn how to ski, cause I think it's a neat deal. Like my niece, she's on a snowboard and she's out there just having fun. And I'm like, this is dumb. So going to snowboard is that same ski slope, and I don't know if it was that same trip i never snowboarded before and i put on a snowboard and i went to the i was like this is gonna be easy they said it's easier than skiing well that's some bullshit i went up to the top snowboarded down i guess not really i did a lot of this down and took the snowboard off took my boots off threw it not kind of aggressively at the person that gives out your gear and i was like i want a pair of skis Never sco- that's just the one time. I hate the snowboarding. But you're scared of heights, but yet you ski on a mountain. Like Jake Long's scared to death of heights, but he's an awesome skier and he loves going on the tough ones. I mean, he doesn't like looking there. I hate the ski lift. Like I'm when I'm on the ski lift, I'm like this. Never look. Really? Yeah. And I mean, I, you get used to it after, you know, a half a day. The last time I think I ever uh, the last time I went skiing was in 2016, ERA year. Don't you know, remember that. And I watched Hunter Cure almost die. And to a lot of people's disappointment, it didn't happen. I don't mind Hunter Cure, but a lot of people are like, damn it. He wrecked so hard and so bad. There was a boulder. I mean, it was all snow and then one little boulder. And his face and head came about that close to just smash into it. But that was the last time I skied, and here's why. I have bad knees now from obviously competing. Um, well, I was wondering because now with the, with all the injuries that that, uh, that you've sustained, bulldog, and if you were still fleet footed, I'm very fleet footed, especially lo- losing that weight. Dogs are scratching at the door; they want it. Anyways, so to put my braces on and then the ski boots, I was so sore in my shins and calves that it made me really not want to ski again. But I do want to try it again since I'm not competing anymore. I'm gonna not wear my brace, and if I blow any out, who cares? I don't have to compete anymore. Yeah, because now your job's mostly sitting down, so that works out great. Right. 
So what else has been? I mean, like you were moved to Texas full time now. I yeah, know. yeah, full time. Um, I tried to get you on the show a little while ago. Actually, I remember passing you in Stephenville. You were going San Antonio, and I called you and like I'll call you right back. And then one, two, three weeks, three weeks later, like hey Coleman, thanks for the call back. He's like, dude, I was just busy. Like, Whatever. But I'm glad it finally worked out to get you get you on the show. Well, I, you know, and I did, I, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be in the Ville in order to be on the show. So, you know, great communication there on your half. But yeah, I would love to come visit your house and just be on the show with you. Well, see what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I think you appreciate this. At one point, I'm going to get a desk back here with some seats at it. And then a camera out in front, like a, this is going to be legit. It's going to be like Joe Rogan, but Luke Branquino. Um, and we'll just make it happen. Man, you know, what? I've been doing my own podcast as well, The Toter Tales. And it's been a lot of fun. And I tell you, the hardest thing is is uh, is keeping the fresh content every week. I yeah. think that's what you've been doing a great job of, man. It's well, been awesome. I, I appreciate that. What was what's been one of your favorite episodes of yours? Yeah, I mean, you can you really top the karaoke? That was the greatest thing ever. Well, that was because I, you know, Tim O'Connell. I didn't realize he'd have some pipes. You know, what he I mean? does. Like, not bad. Oh, but yeah. that wasn't on Luke Branquino's show, Coleman. I just, I'm not going to put you on the spot. That was WCRA. Well, whatever. That was one of my favorite moments with you. So. <laughs> anytime, and then anytime you get Haley Kinzel. Haley's awesome. We did Jackie Crawford. She was amazing. Um, you want to talk about a girl with grit and determination. Wow. You know, she was my first partner in um, at Shawnee at the IFYR. Really? Dick Long breaks his foot. And this is... Uh, and so he wasn't gonna be able to go to Shawnee. We were gonna go to the high school finals. And I'm a freshman, I'm like, I guess I'm not going to Shawnee. She actually, we're kind of weirdly not related, but uh, like my parents and her parents hung out a lot in Illinois back in, you know, so her you, family part of the world. Your family's from so, Illinois? Well, my dad back in the seventies, uh, you know, he went to work selling hats or something, hats or boots, and his territory was Illinois. And he'd take my mom, they get married and they take my mom out there and she's never really left Kansas and and uh, she's not liking it very much and getting a little homesick. And there was a rope in Edinburgh, Illinois, and they don't even have horses. They just got a, an El Camino car and they pull into this place at Edinburgh, Illinois, Wheeler Hobbs's place. And I, from what I, and I've been there a few times and it's like a roping commune, man. There was just little houses all around. There was like the only indoor, personal indoor arena uh, in the state of Illinois at one time. Hmm. They had ropings, and that's my, my. He took my mom there to that roping, and then they just never left. And so, you know, they grew up with, or they at that time running around like with Mar Pops, which is Jackie's dad, and then, you know, her mom and that, and my mom are super good friends, and they remain friends forever. So here I am in freshman high school, don't have a partner, and my mom said something, and that about, no, we're not going. Jake broke his foot, and she goes, oh well, Jackie will head for him. She spun. What'd she do? She spun the first one back, cranked him. And I saw the right leg off pretty aggressively. Did you? Like Bucky Campbell at the NFR that one year. Hey, did you ever hear about BJ Campbell's video? Like, can, can we get into that? Oh, that'd that's be great. Amazing. Like, just take us off. Do I have Do I have room right here? Or, I mean, <laughs> to do my BJ and Campbell impression? Because I do a decent BJ Campbell impression, right? And uh, and I and I do it completely in good fun. Like I never do an impression of somebody that it's not like they're one of my friends. And right. I love hanging out with. Them. I love. I love all B.J. Campbell stories. You know what I'm saying? I got to hang out with him and Blaine Lyon. We were the first time I went to Dodge City. Oh yeah. And that was actually the first time that uh, I had ever gotten to go to an adult adult bar. You know what I mean? And they had like was 21 and over or a strip club because. Yeah. And I tell you what I did. And I'm, I hate to probably tell this one, but I used BJ Campbell's ID and I had that ID mostly through college. I had Bradley Harrell Campbell, Benton City, Washington, yeah. I had his address. I mean, I had everything memorized. Birthday. And I swear 
like we don't have the same hair and you know what i mean and at the time he's like probably 32 or three and i'm like <laughs> very 18 looking you know what i mean <laughs> just there you go they're like all right get in here <laughs> you know what I mean? well, your money's good you know and that was funny back to our pocatello trip because i had gone out to the bar that night with some friends and uh, jennifer and justin they don't go right they, they let me go i was kind of like their kid so i had to call in and like you know so i go out there and we're visiting and i have to use bj's id to get in there right so i've got bj's id bam well then they were coming to pick me up and jennifer walks in she's and she tells the bouncer she's looking for coleman proctor <laughs> we're like well, we don't have a coleman proctor in here and turner says thank you say bj campbell <laughs> I almost got busted on that deal. We sold it pretty good. Man, I grew up with two older sisters, so I learned to talk fast real quick because they were both meaner than I am. But yeah, BJ, I love that. His training video talks oh, yeah. about Campbell. Because is there any better like brotherly love but rivalry than the Campbells? I mean, it's so fun because Bucky has the funniest BJ stories and BJ has the funniest Bucky stories. You know what and, I'm saying? And what I love about their stories is I think it was Matt Funk when he's roping with with <laughs> with Bucky, and Bucky goes to tell a story, and Matt's like. No, it didn't, Buck. No, it didn't. that's not how it went, Buck. And then Buck just snapped back. Are, are you telling the story or something like that? Have you heard that? It it was great. But um, yeah, their stories. It's like the fishing story. You know, you start with and it gets bigger. We all we all love the Campbells. You know, I got to see Matt Funk the other day. I came down. So the reason I've been in Stephenville is uh, Molly Pallet asked me to MC Turtle Pal's 50th birthday party, and that was a blast. Same place we did the Cooper's uh, dinner. Karina Cooper, yeah. same spot, and uh, on stage, and I got to call them up one by one. We all did a little, you know. Everybody told their favorite turtle. I called it my turtle tales. <laughs> uh, everybody told them their favorite turtle story, and I got to see Matt Funk. And I, my favorite story about Matt Funk ever was when I was, uh, man, I was. I first meet Matt Funk. We go to the door straight open the first time, and he was staying with Charlie Crawford and Caleb Mitchell, and they were everybody was at Tyler Magnus's house, and we stopped by there to practice on the way to the straight. And maybe Justin was going to try some horses or something. And Matt's working the shoot. And I jumped down, and my dad taught me that when you go to somebody else's arena, you work the shoots first, you rake the boxes, you know, and then you, you wrap the steers. And I tell you what, that's the greatest thing he ever told me because that gets a guy invited back. You know what I mean? If you're about to go, go the extra mile and be polite and helpful, you know, that people invite you to the arena. So I'm down there, and I'm visiting with Matt a little bit, and I don't know him at all. I've just seen him on the U.S. Open uh, shootout tape back in the day. There wasn't all this coverage, you know what I mean? There wasn't. Teton Ridge and like you know all these shows like the Luke Brand Cleaner show where you get to talk to these people. So I've just seen him this one run on the video, you know, on this U.S. Open video, and I get to talk to him. And he I'll never forget. He told me he said you gotta you gotta work the shoots because that's where you'll learn the most. <laughs> I was like, you know that that's genius. You know what I mean? And then he gets on a practice head horse and is cracking them back, and he's healing for Charlie Crawford. And I'm like, man, that guy can head decent. Like, wow, I wonder if he'll ever try to make it head in one day. Turns out he does. Well, they were him and Charlie were rodeoing. Driving late one night, Funky's getting tired. Charlie said he smoked and uh, everybody's tired. And so Matt's gotta have to pull it in. He said, well, down to our last bit. And he grabs his Copenhagen and pulls it out and sniffs it. Oh, and Charlie, Charlie says, what, what are you doing, Matt? He said, can't sleep if you're sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> he said he sneezed for like an hour and a half all the way to the house. <laughs> Like, that's wanting it, isn't it? I mean, at what point are we just going to say, maybe I'll turn this one out? You know? Wow. That's very impressive, Matt Funk. Very impressive. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to 
everything that your future has to offer you. Hey, and I'm looking forward to having you on the Toter Tales. Uh, yeah, we'll do the Toter Tales, and then we'll do the Purina pre-show, and then we'll watch you win go-round after go-round and, and quest for that uh, first world championship. I love it this year. I want to, you know what my goal is? I always put myself in places where I'm like, you know what, next year when it's round 10, I want Luke to be giving me advice on how to bring it home. You know what I mean? Not like, hey, go get him tonight, bud. But like that, hey, I've been in this situation before. Here's what you do. You know what I mean? You got it. Like, I want the 10th round steer to, to have that much weight on them. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to see myself being there first, and then we're going to talk about it. Then, then you could buy the steer they'll give him to you, and you can name him Luke. And then every time you look out in your pasture, you're like, that's Luke. There's Luke right there. Getting out again. Get up. Get back, Luke. <laughs> Damn, he's gained some weight. It. I need to cut back the feed on him. <laughs> well, right, brother, it's good to see you today, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. If I had the setup like you have there with all the gold buckles and stuff. There's no gold buckles back there. I would be in that kind of place. Instead, I'm in where the common man hangs, you know, where you work hard for a living, Luke. Charge the front and maybe. All we've been doing lately is charging that master car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the life of a rodeo cowboy.